0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: All right, in the ever-changing world of the Mackey and Judd show, I'll fill up uh, for the rest of the day. Myron Metcalf, ESPN.com, joins me now. Uh, James Murphy is producing. Intern Max along for the ride as well. Welcome, Myron. How are things going for you? Going well, man. Thanks for uh, having me here. Looking uh, forward to it. I have a very interesting tweet to read you okay and this circles back on something that Mackie and I began discussing uh, probably a month or so ago and something that we got immediate reaction from people saying don't even discuss it this is a topic this is a topic that in a hardcore sports town would have been talked about for a month plus now okay but in this sports town where we are very nice yeah very nice yes everybody's nice right? we don't like to talk about this yeah Buster only tweets this morning ESPN.com uh, reporter, baseball reporter extraordinary. It'll be interesting to see if the Yankees target someone who can play first base over the next 17 days before the August 31st deadline to add postseason eligible players. Greg Bird, who's playing first base right now, had two hits Saturday but is batting 146 this month and has been streaky in his career. Yeah, I will transition from that uh, to a report from Mike Berardino of the Pioneer Press in uh, on August 6th. Okay. Mike Bernardino of the Pioneer Press reports that Twins first baseman DH Joe Mauer has cleared waivers. Now I understand that Joe, <laughs> I understand that Joe has a no trade clause. Yes, and, he does, and he's a five ten player, yep. which, which means that he would have to approve a deal. But I will go back to what Mackie and I both have said uh, on this show. It is my contention that if you're Joe Mauer and you're in the last year of your contract, and for all I know, you're in the last year of your baseball might career. Be. Yeah, might be. Okay. You have a chance, a potential chance, to go to the Yankees, win a World Series, solidify your case as a potential Hall of Fame player. Because I think if you go to New York and you play well, that changes. It helps that, a lot. That helps, exactly. You won three batting titles as a catcher. But you have a chance also now, because I, I would hope that as a professional athlete, you are a huge competitor, you also have a chance to go win a ring, which you have no chance of, obviously, here. Yep. Does it not make sense, if you're Joe Maurer, to go to the Twins and say, for the next X amount, you know, I will go, trade me, get a prospect. It's not going to be great, but get a prospect for me. I would like a chance to win a ring. And keep in mind, I understand he's got two kids and and his wife is pregnant, but we're also talking about a very short-term stint here. We're not talking about a trade to the Yankees with three years left on your contract. Well, and yeah. the family can come to New York for a few months. They can live in a, a penthouse I mean? probably I mean, that the Yankees would furnish. They got property
0: out there if that's what he needs. Yep. I, I think he owes it to himself to consider that. Because Joe Myers is in a, in a spot to where you can't say he would damage his legacy if he went ring chasing. He's the kind of guy who should go ring chasing. He's the kind of guy who would be given a pass for at this point in his career, going out there and trying to play with a team that has a shot to win the World Series. It depends on whether or not he's that kind of guy, though. He, he's such a homer. He's such a Minnesota guy. Does he just want to play this out? Maybe even retire this offseason. That's going to be the big question. But if it's about him being competitive and chasing the ring, why wouldn't you pursue that potential opportunity if it's there? Because I think Joe Mauer, to your point, it would impact his legacy far more to be in New York and to make a run than it would be to just stay here and play out his career. Mm-hmm. This is a guy whose biggest achievement down the line is going to be vying for a spot in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing he has to achieve with this organization, if you can add a ring or pursue a ring even in a place like New York, do that. Carl Malone, people not Carl Malone, for him leaving the Utah Jazz and going to play for the Lakers, nobody remembers him going to chase that ring with the Lakers. Nobody cares. He's still yes. Utah Jazz center Carl Malone. Joe Meyer would still be Minnesota Twins legend Joe Mauer, yep. even if he won a World Series in two months. He does not affect his legacy negatively if he goes and does
1: that. I think there was a perception when we were kids yeah. That if you if you played your entire career with one team, that that was really special. Yep. And I think when we were kids it was. It was. I would argue two things now. One, if Joe retires a twin, it is nice. I don't think I don't think it's nearly as deemed to be nearly as significant as it would be if let's say Joe's career came to an end in 1979. Yeah. The other, the other thing that didn't exist really when we were kids was ring chasing. Like, that term didn't exist. No. Um, but there, I don't see the downside here. I don't see the downside. You're, you're right. There's nobody who's going to say, well, Joe Maurer. Joe, you know what he did at the end of his career? No. He asked for a trade to the big bad Yankees. Yeah. There, there's no, <laughs> I don't see the downside. And honestly, I think Joe has a case, as a catcher at least, for being a Hall of Fame player. I think Joe is very borderline right now because of the post-concussion. Joe, but if you go to the Yankees and you play, I don't even think you need to play every single game, but, I mean, he is a gold-glove caliber first baseman. He's a phenomenal fielder, and he can still hit. I don't see anything to hold against him if he does this. And once again, I'll say the most important thing to me is is this is not a commitment of any term. This is a... Go get your ring. It's going to give you a better chance to get in the hall if you do. And furthermore, nobody, nobody in their right mind is going to say, I can't believe Joe did this.
0: Yeah, it's just, a. to your point, it's a different era. Uh, The Dodgers are renting Manny Machado, who might end up with the Yankees next year. Bryce Harper, who knows where he ends up. It's not even about loyalty versus a lack of loyalty. It's the game is the game now. And when you're a star, these are the opportunities that you're afforded an opportunity to play with uh, contenders, an opportunity to make moves like this if you're a Joe Maurer and the Yankees are looking for a first baseman. The question is, how does he see himself? Is Joe Maurer the kind of guy who's so content with what he's done, who's so content with his legacy here that he doesn't feel like he has to add anything to it, that he doesn't feel like going to New York Why does you know? anything positive? Well, I, I feel that like... I wouldn't get. But I feel like if I you're Joe Mauer, right. but I think if you're Joe Mauer, you potentially are content with everything that's transpired. Like, he, he hasn't obviously won a ring here. But leaving the game, he still feels like, hey, I did what I could do. He was never this sort of flamboyant guy. He was never this guy who had the big personality, which is that that's what the Yankees are all about. So whether he likes that or not, when you're going out with that group of guys, you're going to be in a spotlight that maybe you don't like as much because he hasn't had to do that in Minnesota. But if it's about adding to your legacy and getting in the hall at the end of the day, I'm not sure why you would turn down an opportunity like this if it's there. Now we don't know if Greg Bird's gonna we don't know what's gonna happen with Greg Bird. Uh, but there's obviously enough questions to make you think Joe Marr would be the perfect fit in a spot like that, but does he want New York? I would think New York would want him definitely.
1: Yes. That's six five one, six four six, eight two five five, six five one, six four six, eight two five five. Uh 8255 your thoughts on this topic. I just don't see I don't see anything about this that would be A terrible experience you're going to New York for a very short period of time you're not you're certainly not going to go there as a star no it it would be very it would be very different if you got him to waive the no trade clause in July and and the Yankees were starved for for him but he would be he would be a very nice addition in that ballpark to that team yeah and he would fit in, I think, seamlessly. And it's not like he, he would end up on the back page of the Post. I mean, if no, if, no. if he doesn't, no, but I'm just saying, if he doesn't do great, I don't think the Post is going to care that no. much. This is not Joe circa 2006. No. So, I, but it's funny because every time that Phil and I have ta- talked about this or that I've tweeted about this, it's been, it's come back with, you can't do this. You can't do this to Joe. You can't, Joe wouldn't, Joe's a twin. Joe wouldn't. and, and I just don't agree with that. I just don't agree with the premise that a guy, and and if you're as competitive as an athlete is supposed to be, this presents you with an opportunity to get something that you, ba- you basically hear. I mean, I think the Twins, Myron, in 2019 could be improved, but I don't see them as a World Series team. No. So Joe's career is going to end at some point here without that opportunity. This gives you that, and you know what? Worst case, may- maybe the Twins want you back. Yeah, so you talk to him and say, "I'll just resign here. Yeah, work something Which out." Which is a different discussion, but yeah,
0: yeah. And I don't, I don't think a team without a, a winning legacy, a team that hasn't won in so long, uh, the Twins going back to the early '90s. I don't think you have a claim to say he's got to be a Twin. I'm from Milwaukee. There, nobody can say it. he's got to be a Brewer. No way. What have you won? What Paul, have you done? Paul here? Molitor left, hundred percent. And, and that's me, a pri- That's a perfect example. Is, and, and I think you should be allowed if yep. you played. To your potential in, in many ways, Joe Mauer hasn't in recent years, but if you've done and given everything to a city like this, to a franchise like this, you deserve the opportunity to try to win a ring.
1: 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. If you're outside the Metro, 877-615-1500. Seven, seven, one, Let's uh, continue this discussion. Also, Uh, Let's get back to the Jimmy Butler discussion and how badly the Wolves might be screwing up. The show is Mackie and Judd Metcalf in for a fill for the remainder of today.
2: Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. I just don't think we we just didn't play well. You know, you could chalk it up to that, but, you
0: know, on nights that you don't play well, you know, you got to run the basketball. You got to guard. All of those things that Tib is always telling us to do. I think at the end of the day, we didn't do any of that. You, know? you see the outcome of the game. Belly know how to apologize. Nah, I like the toughness. Everybody need to take a note from Belly. You don't back down from nobody in this league.
1: Myron Metcalf, you know that you're in trouble when you're when your guy Jimmy <laughs> Butler is telling you you gotta take a, a page from Belly. Oh boy! Uh, give me your thoughts on on the whole Instagram um, message that Butler put out yesterday. I guess it's his agent, chef, and personal trainer yeah. who are looking lost behind him in a photo, and he is he's definitely the guy in charge. He, he's like standing yeah. in, in the foreground. It's very Butler like, very alpha like. And then, uh, and then he tweeted, uh, "One job of a le- leader is to show the lost ones the way. Every last one of these idiots behind me look look lost." And then somebody got into him about, "Well, help Wiggins and Towns yeah. show them the way," and uh, and he responded with a profane response to that person. I don't cry about bleep. I'm a grown, bleep man. You show them since you have the answers. Yeah, I guess that's what I miss about the 80s and 90s. is You would just hear about
0: fights in locker rooms when there was a dispute, <laughs> and then that'd be the end of it, right? Yes. Like, lame beer and the Pistons, as much as they fought everybody, they also fought each other. Uh, you know, like, this to me in this era is like the age of uh, the subtle tweets, the sub So you got a guy in Jimmy Butler who's supposed to be the leader of the team, who's doing more to communicate how he feels about the franchise on Instagram than he ever has in person. I, I, I'm trying to figure out, what is the connection to this guy if you're Tibbs? Why are you not exploring the market for his trade value? We just talked a second ago about Joe Mauer and how many sentimental connections you're going to have if he were to decide to leave, right? I understand the emotions of that. I don't stand, understand any emotional connection to a Jimmy Butler who gave the Timberwolves what? Uh, one year full of injuries. He was brought here because he was supposed to be a great all-around player. A great defender. They finished 22nd in defensive efficiency. They weren't even in the top half of the league. Mm -hmm. So you tell me, what is this commitment to Jimmy Butler that has made uh, this franchise say, you know what, let's see what happens this year? I think this is a guy who next summer is going to leave, probably team up with the Kyrie or some of the other 2019 free agents. I don't think it's about the money and whether or not he can make more here or there. I think this is a guy who just wants to be elsewhere and feels like he's above the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's what he's communicating. The problem is Carl Towns is the future of this franchise, and it's always been this way. This trade should have never been billed as – Everyone's going to surround Jimmy Butler, and he's going to lead the way. To me, it was Jimmy Butler's coming to help a great young player named Carl Towns, who's going to be the face of the franchise going forward. Jimmy Butler, to me, was never the long-term solution, but that's how he was
1: treated. So here's my question then, and here's my frustration. What the hell is going on here? Because because seemingly, Cat and Butler are nowhere near on the same page. I think, I and here's the problem, Myron, I think that Tibbs thinks he's on the same page as Butler, but I think he's mistaken there. There's just so many, and I told Phil this. I said, this is a, right now, this is a team that should make the playoffs, but they're no surefire thing. They're not like, ah, they will be a two seed or three seed. And they got some dissension, but that's fine. I think this is a team, the chemistry is going to be incredibly important. And if you all show up for training camp, upset uh passive aggressive complaining hating each other i think now you're talking about a potential six seven or eight seed if things go well to being out of the playoffs they can't afford this and i guess i have no clue and my fear is he doesn't That head coach has any idea how to write this yeah there's there's no sign it's very the whole thing's very odd and 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 this whole thing of cryptic Jimmy all summer long is a bunch of BS yeah like it's somebody somebody's got to go to him and say you got to stop this bleep yeah who, but it ain't gonna be Tibbs no I know and no that's the he, problem in fact in fact you saw this too for as gruff and tough as Tibbs can be in press conferences he almost deferred constantly to Jimmy all the time. like anytime he got a Jimmy question like what was up with Jimmy there I mean and and keep keep in mind The starting point of this is, Jimmy, don't stay healthy, okay? That's a problem. And there's a lot of guys in Tibbs' shoes who, if you don't stay healthy, Tibbs is going to be like, we couldn't play him tonight. That's too bad. We, We hope he can play next game. Yeah. But when it comes to Jimmy, it's almost like I bow down to Jimmy. And I go back to what you said and agree with completely. Jimmy Butler's a very nice player. And he was brought here to be an alpha for now. But Carl Towns is your guy. Yeah, he's the alpha. And you're alienating him, too. Yeah. So what are you doing?
0: Well... That's going to be the problem is if he walks in 2019 with nothing in return, what was this all about? Uh, to me, they need to understand their trade possibilities now and his trade value now, which is pretty high because Jimmy Butler can help a team win a championship. But I think Tibbs made him his lieutenant. Hey, I'm going to bring you in my locker room. You're going to be my voice in that locker room. Cause I can't get to these kids. Yep. I, I can't figure out what these kids are all about, mm-hmm. but you can. And the problem is, If you're Carl Carl Towns, if you're Wiggins, if you're Tyus Jones, if if you're these young guys, they don't respond to that. They they don't respond to the, I'm the big brother, I'm the big dog, listen to me. They respond to respect, mutual respect. Mm -hmm. And that's something that LeBron James, I think, has done a great job of. And Jimmy Butler still has to learn. He's still trying to manage with that iron fist. I don't think he cares.
1: No, I don't think he wants to learn. But if he doesn't Jimmy want to learn, Butler, what, is he, what is he doing here? I think Jimmy Butler, well, I think Tibbs miscalculated. Yeah. I think Tibbs, when when Tibbs made that trade, I said, this is great, and here's why. I said, this is going to work out fantastic because he's going to do exactly what you just said, which is Jimmy Butler's going to go in that locker room and say, okay, Andrew and uh, Carl, especially. Yeah. Tibbs is going to say ten things today. Eight of them, ignore. Two of them are important. I'll tell you what those two things are. Because I've been in your shoes before. And I know what he's saying, and I can speak Tibbs. I thought that's, that was going to be it. No. Instead, what I didn't realize was Tibbs traded for what he perceives to be an ally, who I think is ultimately, in Butler, going to stab Tibbs right in the back, as he says, going to the Knicks or the Lakers with LeBron. And so my perception of what, what uh, Butler was going to be a positive for Hasn't even come close to happening. And in fact, now I don't think Tibbs is is reading the situation correctly. And I think he's about to get left at the altar without getting a thing for him. And ultimately, if that's the case, then he probably needs to be fired. Yeah. Well, he, I think he could be fired
0: due to his connection to Jimmy Butler one way or the other. You know, whether he walks, uh, whether he fails to navigate this situation properly, which it appears he's doing that. I, I, look, I look, Judd, I really did look around for this last night. I don't see one positive thing that Jimmy Butler has said about the Minnesota Timberwolves this offseason. I can't find one thing. I can't find one direct statement where you go,
1: man, this guy really wants to be here. And, and you know what bugs me? None of what he's done is the sign of a person who can truly lead. Oh, exactly. He's, it's the sign of an yes. alpha. It's the, sign of an al- it's the sign of a bad big brother. Bingo. Which is, I'm doing my thing. Why aren't you doing what I'm doing? I work hard. You don't. You suck. There's never a... I'm going to incentivize you. I mean... Listen, if Wiggins was a problem and Towns and Butler sort of became their own thing, I would say, okay, I sort of get it. Andrew's really passive. I don't think he gets it, but I mean, he's almost been pushed aside completely, and now it's it's Towns versus Butler. Yeah, and there's nothing Butler. Everything he's done on Instagram and and his various accounts has been passive aggressive. Yeah, but it's all passive aggressive. Yeah, and it all says, "Look at what I do, but you stink." Yeah, you're no, you're no, you're you not on my level. Yeah, so how's that productive?
0: You know what I do? I go to Carl Towns, who's getting ready to sign his max deal at any moment. And by the way, who won't, who for some odd re- reason isn't it. signing it? I go to him, John, and I say, "Do you want to play with this guy?" And if my future of the franchise says no, Jimmy Butler gets traded. That simple to me. If my guy, who's going to be the face of this franchise long term, says, I don't want this dude in the locker room,
1: you put him on the market and get rid of him. There's one flaw there. What is that? You're applying common sense. Yeah, true. Tibbs won't. Tibbs thinks, listen, I've come to the conclusion, and this is Tibbs' biggest problem, and this has gotten a lot of National Football League people fired. He thinks he's Belichick. Yeah, he does. Nobody's Belichick. Nobody's Belichick. But look at the Belichick tree. Tibbs is essentially off that tree. He's essentially, yeah. uh, he's more off that tree than he is anyone in basketball. He's a mussy guy as well, who, by the way, was crazy. Yeah. But uh, Tibbs in his heart thinks he's Belichick and that he's going to be Belichick and that he's going to build a roster like Belichick did. And I look at Bill and look at every football person for the, the most part, and I expect the same fate uh, to befall Matt Patricia eventually here as well. I'm going to run the Lions till they drop. Well, you're an idiot. Yeah, they going to work. But you, the problem with what you just said, which, by the way, makes perfect sense, is you're applying common sense to a situation that seemingly has none right now. Yeah. And you have an owner of the team who I don't know. I listen, Glenn Taylor has had great success with a lot of things. So as a businessman I actually appreciate him. But when it comes to basketball I don't get it. Yeah. And I don't get how you don't go to Tom and say, "What's going on with Butler?" Like why are we like why are why are my secretaries or my people or my assistants bringing me all of this stuff about how he's basically putting down a guy I deem to be our star player. Yeah. And how do you take this into the season? That's my point. Like, how do you take this drama into the season? And you've covered teams before. You tell me this. I've seen I've seen teams that can sustain and even thrive through friction. Yeah. Well, like you said, the Pistons used to fight. I get that, yeah. okay? So I'm not saying across the board that you can't have a team that doesn't get, get along, and that means they're going to fail. But I think in this case, I think chemistry is important. Very important. And they're going to have none.
0: And you're gonna have a potential dispute between your best two players. And and all those young guys, they're gonna side with Towns,
1: not Butler, when yeah. it comes down to it. But I mean, we should be worried this offseason should be spent discussing how do you get Wiggins on track. Yeah, and that should have been the offseason, right? Towns and Butler should be givens.
0: And how about giving Wiggins maybe a pass? Not not a complete pass, but how does he thrive in this mess?
1: Well, now he's gonna be completely bleeped because <laughs> he's not he his his mental makeup is not going to be able to take this. No. Nope. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of young guys who who are thrown off. But Andrew's mental makeup, you really think he's going to no. have a shot now? He won't. James, Mur- James Murphy, what's coming up in uh, stuff that we need to know about? Well, boys, there's even
3: more turmoil surrounding the best quarterback in the NFL.
2: The Mackie and Judge Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500. ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN.
3: This portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by It's
2: Just Lunch. Woo! Stop. 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 Stop! 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 What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about.
1: Zolgett and Myron Metcalf of ESPN and James Murphy, you have stuff for us. I do. Let's start with this. Go,
2: go!
0: I'm going to say and do the things I feel like can advance
3: us. It's going to be tough at some points. It's not a popularity contest uh, all the time. You know, obviously, you know, as a human, you like being liked and appreciated, but I'm trying to win games, because that's my that's my job. That, of course, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, after he called the effort of some of the team's young wide receivers, quote, piss poor after Monday's practice, when he learned that the receivers, they took the comments as an outright challenge by him, he had this to say.
0: I hope we're not that soft. I hope we can, you know, have hear comments or read comments and not get offended
2: by things. It's a, it's a professional environment. It's not a personal environment. Um, the things I'm saying, I don't have some vendetta against any player. I care about winning, number one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know... Go, go, Okay. Aaron was upset about how, how they responded in a training camp practice to what they call a card session, which yeah. is, I show you exactly what you should do, yeah. and you damn well better do it. Yep. We really needed to be challenged there? What? What is... Ha- how can I not sound like the old man telling people to get off my lawn? You kind of have to hear. How did we
0: get here? Well, because everyone's... I, I think this, this element of toughness, when you say toughness, it's like people are afraid of that word now. Uh, I guarantee every Packers fan is behind Aaron Rodgers, though. Of course they are. Uh, what he was basically communicating, I'll translate the second part of him saying, the were we not that soft. What he was saying was, if you don't like it, get out of here. Yes. But he's right. Because
1: I'm staying. Can we <laughs> You'll be gone, not me. Can we start with this? And I'm dead serious here. Can we quit giving trophies to every kid? Because these are the it's kids now playing pro sports. Yeah. These kids are coming up. I mean, this they're not little now. They're yeah. they're growing they're grown-ups and they're adults, and they are the kids now who take a card session in Green Bay Packers training camp, bungle it, need to be called out, and then say we were challenged. Can yeah. we please award trophies to teams that win championships and everyone else just goes home? I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm for I'm dead
0: serious. I'm 100% serious, too. I'm all for that because if you're in the NFL and can't take that, get out of the NFL. But those don't kids are out But those kids are 100%. now playing
1: in the National Football League. And that's the problem. And they they actually think, well, I tried hard. Yeah. Find another team. Well, find another. Get out pro- of Green Bay. Find another job. Profession. Get, out of the, get out of the profession. Woo! I'm just sick of it. Let's
3: go from a little Packers turmoil to a uh, a bit of Vikings preseason turmoil. I thought special teams we got a lot of work to do. We didn't do very well. I thought the kicker kicked the ball well, but um, you know I think we've got a lot of work to do in that area. Uh, they had a power return on us. Um, you know we fair caught a ball on the nine yard line. I mean you know just dumb things. That was of course Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer after Saturday's preseason game. I want to point to a tweet that I saw from uh, fifteen hundred ESPN Judd. This was right after, I believe, right at the end of the preseason game. Ugh. Vikings offense <laughs> equals Super Bowl ready. Yep. Vikings defense equals Super Bowl ready. Special teams equals, yeah, that
1: was ugly. It was. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. You can't have that. The the touchdown, the punt return for a touchdown was inexcusable. Yeah. Guys were running into each other. Yeah. You practice this. And it's fair to scrutinize that
0: because of the stakes. And, and where you expect them to go, absolutely. so you cannot dismiss that the way you
1: could maybe in other years. You have got to look at that and go, we got to fix that. There's no, there's nothing. There's very little for the 2018 Vikings that can be dismissed and just put put aside. Yep. That's why everything's a big. When you're a Super Bowl, when you're expected to compete at the level that they're expected to compete at, Myron coming off a 13 and three season, you're right. There's very little that you can say. Oh, it's just it's no nothing. big deal. So
2: it's
0: a huge deal. Yeah. Woo!
1: Earlier, Judd, you said Ben McAdoo
3: was the greatest uh, gym teacher, head football coach. I-, I have another one for you. How about how about former head coach Jim Tom Sula? Was he a? Oh, yeah. he was. A, he was a. He looked like a gym coach or a gym teacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he had a he he had a a quote with the Washington media. media he is a defensive line coach for the Redskins right now, and um, he, here's a tweet from from a Washington media member. Had a great chat with Jim Tom Sula here at camp about beer. He wanted to know what a good Australian beer was, and then told me if I'm going to drink PBR, he had a secret from growing up in the mills. Here's a quote from Tom Sula: "Freezing cold PBR, then put a pinch of salt in it. It'll change your life." Any any thoughts on that, Judd?
1: Really? <laughs> never, never even come. I, I've never heard of that. Close to doing that. Willing to
0: try. Someone is. I'm sure willing to try that. Tom Sewell is the one wait, wait, wait.
1: So PBR, you said you put
0: salt in with it with a pinch of salt. A pinch of salt. Pie. Okay.
3: He said it'll, it'll change your life. So I, I, I have to say he's probably
1: not blowing smoke there. This sounds to me something that I, I probably would have gone home and done 15 years ago. <laughs> but I'm such a craft beer snob <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, There's so many good beers yeah. now. It's like I used to. I used to drink. I used to be like, it's beer. I yeah. like beer. I've become a huge. I mean, I'm going. I'm good. I'm trying to find harpoon from yeah. Boston now. Yeah. That's how big a snob <laughs> I've become.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm a long way away from uh, the beast in Mankato. Yeah, uh, you know, we had a coupon. <laughs> you get 36 of them. You get 36 of them for 13 bucks at one point in Mankato. Sure,
1: a uh, long way from those days. So in my in my youth, let, let's just say that, that we found a liquor store that might have not carded or okay. ID'd. So. It, it, at the, the age of nineteen or so. Yeah. I told my friends, I'm going in this store and I'm gonna get and my friend's last words were, get something exotic. Now this is pre-craft beer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I came out with a case of schlitz. Yes. yes. I'm gonna tell you right now, the next day <laughs> is still memorable to me. <laughs> that was a mistake. <gasps> That's, don't drink underage kids, <laughs> no. especially schlitz. schlitz. Don't do no. that.
2: Oh. <laughs> next week. Weather permitting, on Tuesday before the Twins battle the Pirates, we will open the doors for you, the fans, to watch and learn during Twins batting practice. We'll be on the air live from 4.30 until 5.30. Tim Lauder will be there. Roy
0: Smalley will be there with me. Katie Emmer will be with us as well. We'll hear from players. We'll take a look at what they
2: do on a daily basis to prepare, how it works, all the intricacies. We'll take you inside a part of the game that fans are not normally able to see,
3: that's right. You can catch an hour of Twins batting practice if you so choose Uh-oh. before tonight's game. Is FSN jumping the shark, or are you actually intrigued?
0: Well, is Buxton going to be there? No, no, no. Oh. He's he's still yeah. in
1: Rochester. I
0: feel like he should be there so we can figure <laughs> out what they're doing with him or not doing with him.
1: He's got the leg kick. He doesn't have the leg kick. He's
0: got the leg kick. Come on, Myron. Yeah, it's real easy. I, I, don't, yeah, I just want I just want to see his batting practice. So somebody can tell me Go if he's ever to going to amount it.
1: Wait. We need something. You might be onto something. FSL. That's what I want
0: to see. Send LaPanda to Rochester, that's, New York. That's what I care about. Because I want to see that practice but to figure out if this guy's ever going to be able to hit in Major League Baseball.
1: I got bad news. I, they, they still don't know. Why don't they know? Be uh, honest to God. he has. He's going to come back with the leg kick. That's what we're told now. That's a problem. This kid is so mentally Messed up right now as far as a hitting standpoint, I don't even know where to begin. And To me, you look at Sano and people blast Sano. For me, Sano
0: had something
1: that I think you can get back yes.
0: if he takes this offseason seriously. Buxton never had
1: it. Yeah. Well, I I blast Sano for being an all-star who got way too fat yeah. and who's not taking his craft seriously. And I get that. that. I blast him for that. Byron Buxton, I have no doubt, wants to be great. Yes. That's the scary thing. But it's not that He there. might be nothing more than a defensive replacement who can pinch run. And that, that should scare oh, everybody. Oh, that scares you more. Yeah. Well, with Miguel, it's very, it's very simple, actually. Yes. Miguel, sit down for a moment. Let's talk about this. Push that food away and listen to me closely. Yeah. Do you want to be great? Because if know. you do, you can be. You can play third they base for, all, for, you know. Byron, what do you say to him? I don't know, but I think
0: that is the problem. Because it doesn't look like anyone can fix whatever's
1: going on. He's so far from where we thought he'd be at this point. And that's a problem. Well, and, and look at his draft now. Because that draft class is coming up now. I mean, this is no longer, man, but just wait. This no, is tired of waiting. This is, you could have picked that guy. And I'm you tired of waiting on no Buxton. And you could have picked that guy. I'm tired And of you it. didn't. Uh, as far as FSN North jumping the shark, um, my guess is by showing batting practice, they're going to preempt either a golf instructional or a fishing show. So, more batting practice. Yeah. It's it's that straight into uh, twins live, I believe. The Sharer family, but I don't need to see more fishing. (laughs) We're out on a pontoon here catching a fish. (laughs) I pay a hefty cable bill. Yeah, I want more real sports. I'm with you. I feel you there. I feel you. Got one more.
3: (laughs) Uh, The Houston Rockets they made it official on Monday and inked Carmelo Anthony to a one-year, two-point-four (laughs) million-dollar contract. Head coach Mike D'Antoni even said Melo is open to uh, to coming off the bench. And I've always personally loved watching Carmelo. But I just don't know how much this move really moves the needle for the Rockets.
0: You know what I hate? When guys who should be coming off the bench are open to coming off the bench. (laughs) No, you're a bench player. You're reserved if you're Carmelo. I don't care if you're open to it or not. How about you be open to not playing? Because you won't play if you don't take that role.
1: Has D'Antoni drastically changed his system? I mean, I know it didn't work with the Knicks, but has he changed his system? What? Why are we convinced this is going to work with the player? Who, by the way, if nothing else strikes me, as being consistently high maintenance. Very high maintenance. So yeah. what? why are we doing this?
0: He feels like he's adding a shooter to a team that made more threes than any team in the league. But he can't play defense. And the Rockets were a top 10 team defensively. I don't see how they get better with him.
1: I feel like with with their losses in this edition, I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I feel like they're taking a step backwards, not forwards.
0: Definitely. I mean, they lost Trevor yeah. by Amute, and they're
1: bringing in a guy in Anthony who still thinks he's Anthony from 2003 Syracuse. Right, and, and who didn't get along with this coach previously. And I always, the lip service of, well, <laughs> we sat down and talked it yeah. out. I'm always like, no, you didn't. You sat down and talked it out, and two months into the season, you're going to be... He's going to be coming into your office screaming about why he's not starting. You're going to hate him. Why yep. are you doing this to yourself? It could be a he's really bad experiment.
0: It. Really bad experiment for someone who says he's open to coming off the bench. How about that's just who you are? Yeah, exactly. And he
1: proved a long time ago who he was. And at one time he was a great player. He was. But those days are long.
3: Far,
0: far behind.
1: Long,
3: long, long. I've, ho- I've heard uh, Derek Rose is open to coming off the bench for the Wolves this year. He's not demanding he starts. Oh, we didn't so. even talk about that part, part of the equation. I'm
0: open to marrying Halle Berry, too. <laughs> If she's interested, I think she. Is. <laughs> okay, well, she might be. We, we well, can call her. I'm just saying. I'm sure, we've got her number. Like there, it doesn't matter. if open to something
1: point. if the opportunity isn't there. But we we didn't even talk about that one. Which is okay. You got the Butler Towns friction. You got Tibbs God knows where, and then yeah. you got Derek. Ro- Derek, get in the game. Derek, <laughs> switch. Get in the game. How many games combined do uh, G- uh, Jimmy buckets and uh, Rose miss? Fifty. Butler's going to miss at least 20, right? Well, see,
0: uh, his my concern is he'll miss 20. if he if he gets hurt, does he shut it down early to get
1: ready for his next team? You know, does he push himself to come back if he gets hurt early? That's going to be a serious question. Take a break. Come back after this. Mackie and Judd uh, today, for the remainder of the show at least,
2: Myron Metcalf and Zolgit. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. These guys can waste more time doing nothing than anybody of all time. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN want exclusive
3: access to u.s bank stadium then purchase your tickets now for ccfa's a touch of football flag football tournament on september 8th flag football teams will take over the field in a six-on-six tournament to raise money for the Crohn's colitis foundation the day also includes exclusive team tours memorabilia auction 1500 espn fan zone and more more details can be found at 1500 espn.com keyword
1: events All right. Mackie and Judd is Metcalf and uh, Zolgad for the remainder of today. All right. I've got a question for you, sir, based on the notes that you sent me last night and go for football. Tell us about your your uh, trip to Bristol to talk about college football. Okay. Oh, I didn't, know if, I didn't know if the light was on on my microphone. Oh, is the light out? Is I the think the light light's out? out. Oh, the red light is out. So, I'm, uh, Paul I'm, Black, come in here right now. This is not good. I'm pushing the button, and oh, it's, you're not, on. it's not on. You're on. See, hold on a second here. Yep, that light's on. My light's on. Oh, yeah. Paul Black, get I in got, here right now. I got a bad that, light. Let's get that light fixed, because that's very disconcerting when you're like, I think I'm on the air. <laughs> you should see half the lights on my board. Half the lights on my <laughs> board on don't there! work. Man. Hey. Um, your trip to Bristol, though, I found, yeah, yeah, I found yeah. it very interesting what your note said about for football. Yeah, so we have
0: these all-sports meetings in Bristol, and, you know, dozens of people meet every year in May, we met this year, and we basically talked about what's coming up uh, for next season, and everyone wanted to hear about P.J. Fleck. Are there P.J. Fleck stories? Are there P.J. Fleck ideas? Is there something you can tell us? Well, I wrote a story about him last year, He had a show. I don't know what else there is, but find the P.J. Fleck story. Very fascinated by him. Mm -hmm. No one cares about Govers football. (laughs) And and it made me curious as to, is he a good thing long-term if the team doesn't catch up to his persona and personality, which is what's selling the program? It's great right now who P.J. Fleck is, because I don't think I've ever seen a coach, Judd, come to a market like this and draw that immediate attention the way that he did. I mean, Brewster tried it with his, you know, false promises. PJ just did it with his energy. Uh, That is very hard to do in a media climate that is always looking for the next Urban Meyer, Nick Saban story. But it was clear to me that there's definitely a feeling of the more PJ Fleck, the better. People just want to see what this guy's going to do next. Mm -hmm. But if you're the Gophers – Mm -hmm. And no one cares about the product Mm -hmm. nationally. And no one's talking about the football team. At what point does that gap between who P.J. Fleck is nationally and who your team is, is sort of this anonymous team, Mm -hmm. even in the Big Ten, is that a good thing or a negative thing? And that's what I'm curious about. You're going to get more P.J. Fleck stories this year. You're going to get more stuff about the boat, more stuff about his backstory and everything that he's had to deal with and endure in his life. But will anyone ever care about the team,
1: Judge? Well, that's a great question. Now, if I'm Mark Coyle, though privately, I'm absolutely thrilled, because the only way because if so, if if Tracy Clays was still the coach here, you would have gone to Bristol, and no one would have talked Not about the coach or the team. Not a word. This is the only way I think for this program, especially now with with kids being wired the way that they are. Because if they see these features on P.J. Fleck or they see this talk about him on ESPN, which they watch, they're going to say, I'm interested. I mean, I'd be curious, how much talk did did you hear revolving around Indiana's program, either coach or team? Oh, none. So this at least is one entree into the program that they previously didn't have. It's definitely a positive now. Yeah. There's no debate about it. Well, if it doesn't catch up, then you're in trouble. But But I guess my point is this. This at least gives you a chance to possibly go into a recruit's house. I'm PJ Fleck. Oh, wow, I've seen stories on you. I'd like to play for you. This at least gives you a fighting chance maybe to have an opportunity to recruit the type of talent that it would take to, to make the story in three years be about the program.
0: True, and I think that's what they're banking on and that's what they're hoping for. The danger is if you have a flamboyant, outgoing, energetic coach and the team isn't following the path of increasing the talent pool, winning more games,
1: proving that they can be competitive against your biggest rivals. Yep. What's it all for? Oh, Because – Well, here's – okay. So the question remains this, and and we saw this at PJ's previous stop, but the real question remains, can he coach? Because if he can coach, then you can pay this off. Definitely. If he can recruit but not coach, it's a problem. But he has proven before that he can coach. I mean, Brewster's problem – Brewster sold you the moon, the yeah. sun, the stars. Yeah. Couldn't coach football. No, had no clue what he was doing. Yeah. So if PJ Fleck can pay this off by being able to take the talent he accrues and coach it, I think you're in decent shape. Yeah.
0: I think it's I think it's uh uh Western Michigan was what he did. There was no fluke.
1: Mm-hmm. But this program, to be clear, has nothing to lose. Not right now. I mean, they have nothing. But, you know, I started to follow this team in 1978, Myron, and aside from Holtz's years where it did look like it might be changing, you know, it's been this cycle of, okay, they're better, now they're not. The Mason years, cumulatively, were the best. But where where you're at right now, coming off clays, who would have been a terrible choice to keep, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right now, they don't.
0: But going forward, Mm -hmm. what happens? Because... PJ Fleck can sell the team nationally. He's going to be in all kinds of stories and profiles, and but if if this is not leading to that next level talent, saying I want to be around that guy. You watch Last Chance You at all? Last Chance You, no, on Netflix. Junior college. It's about junior colleges, and there's a guy Jason Brown who's the star of this year's season, and he said he's turning down recruits left and right because everyone saw him on Netflix, and it was just this great impact on the program. Everybody right. wants to play for him. I think people imagine that for a PJ Fleck, that this five-star kid who didn't know where Minnesota was a year ago goes, "Hey, hey, mom, can we can we take a trip up there mm-hmm. just to see what it's all about?" Mm-hmm. So my point is, if that doesn't start happening, oh yeah, then there's trouble. Then there's no point because yes. the last thing you want is a lightning rod who doesn't attract more attention to what is a growing program, right? Because that's how you become a flop and an embarrassment. Because people go, "Remember that guy we were giving all that attention to?" He never won more than six games. He never won more than five games. So that's going to be the big question is people really, really like P.J. Fleck nationally. I can tell you that. They are really interested in who he is. And they think he can coach, correct? That's they the think he can coach. The feeling about him. They don't know one thing about this program beyond him. They don't. They couldn't tell you anything <laughs> about a running back, a quarterback, a defensive quarter. They don't know a thing about this team This is, him. This is Golden Gopher
1: football. This, <laughs> 100%. This is, you 100%. know nothing about us. This is Golden Gopher. That's another Gopher first 100%. down, Myron. 100%. All right, let's, let's uh, t- take a break. A pecking order is up next. The show is Mackie and Judd, Myron Metcalf in uh, Forfill.
2: Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN.